I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. I've been podcasting since 2006. In that time, I've tried countless hosting platforms. But in August 2022, we switched to Transistor to power all of our shows here at True Story FM. And it's been a game changer. I love the Transistor allows unlimited podcasts and storage without extra charges. We can publish so much content. And we do. If you want to start up a podcast, do yourself a favor and host your show on Transistor. With their one-click publishing, you can get your new show onto all the major podcast directories effortlessly. And their website builder lets you quickly build custom sites for each show. The detailed analytics are invaluable, too. You can access all kinds of listener data anytime. Oh, and the versatile players allow you to embed episodes anywhere to reach new listeners. Plus, the team behind Transistor is super responsive and keeps making the platform even better. After using countless hosting services over 15 plus years, Transistor has been hands down the best podcast partner for us. If you want a hosting platform to take all the worry out of getting your podcast out into the world, go to thenextreel.com slash Transistor and check it out. Support our show and support your own show by going to thenextreel.com slash Transistor. Start growing your podcast today. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. And a fine Saturday matinee to you both. Steve Ocean, hello. Good morning. A hearty, a hearty hello. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, it is a fine day to podcast. It's a fine day to podcast. Got a lot of news. Well, we don't, we don't have a lot of news, but about? we do have the most important okay. news. <laughs> a lot? I'm like, it's, a, it's, not, it's yeah, not that it's much. Not. But, uh, but the most important is, what are you watching right now? Uh, Steve, what are, you, what are you watching that you're most excited about right 
now. I decided that I needed to add one more streaming service because clearly not enough, but uh, added added Showtime through the Apple Plus thing, which is the Showtime Plus the channel plus the CBS All Access bundle that you get for like yeah. nine ninety nine yeah. with through your Apple Plus, so that we've got the the lower decks and all that going on. But I'm finally getting around to Twin Peaks on Showtime. Twin from Peaks. 2017. You never did. You never did Twin. Well, Peaks? yeah, in the 90s, but not the not the not oh. the final season. The 2017 insanity. Oh, right, right, right. Of, of that. Yeah. So I'm I'm getting into yeah. that and just loving it. So that's yeah. really oh well, of well, course it was like written as a love letter. Yes, to you. I'm huge huge <laughs> Twin Peaks fan and just loving to yeah. see all the familiar characters come back in their quirky roles, especially David Duchovny as Denise. That was a nice little surprise. I know. What are they doing? And so then I'm good. I'm preparing to ramp up for the whole, you know, Justice League thing. And uh because I've got the HBO Max, I have never seen the BVS Doge, whatever expanded version with the extra whatnot, whatever they call that okay. version. So I'm wait. So when you saw BVS, did you think, oh, I need more of that? <laughs> no. But I thought <laughs> I haven't seen it since. I might as well see what the full package is if I'm going to go spend four hours with Justice League. So, so you're gonna you're gonna do the whole thing. Uh, yeah, what you're I haven't been as immersed in that, and I thought I'll give Zack Snyder a chance. Oh, yeah. totally. So I'll totally I, give him, I, yeah. I feel like I'm softening on Zack yeah. Snyder. I love the new trailer. I love it. It was uh, uh, it was made into a Saturday Night Live uh, opening credits crawl on Twitter. Kyle uh, <laughs> Olson just sent it to me, and it's hysterical. And musical guest, Dark Side. <laughs> and it's really funny. Um, and, and this was in the same uh, breath. He, he actually... Uh, renamed it in my head, uh, the Justice League self-indulgent cut. And that's all I can think of yes. it as now is the self the Snyder self-indulgent cut. I'm actually really excited about it. Um, and I find myself getting more excited about it. Is that weird? No, I, I, not at all. I, I think if, all right, if, if, if this, the movie felt like it was trying to do so much that I thought, okay, expanding it to four hours, there's actually room for some character stuff. There's some story that can happen in between these huge sequences. And I think exactly. that's, that's what I'm counting on. That's, you know, when, when Peter Jackson did his whole extended versions of, you know, Lord of the Rings, it was nice to see these character moments and to get to know these people more. And I think that's really what I needed out of the Justice League. So that's what I'm, yeah, fingers I, crossed. I, I, I strive to be as optimistic as you two gentlemen yeah. are about this. <laughs> yes. I'm going to watch it. I expect it to be crap, but I am totally <laughs> going to watch it. I'm 100% in and I'm there, but the first one had the massive, to me, unforgivable sin of that the villain was not good enough to merit the entire Justice League because the whole movie, they can't take on Steppenwolf. He is so bad. And the Superman wakes up, has a sip of coffee, destroys him, and then goes back to lunch. Yeah. Right. You know, like he, just, he didn't need them at all. Right. You know, and so I'm like, well, then this really isn't Justice League now. Is it? This is Superman. like Superman yeah. three or yeah, whatever that, number. I guess on. that's the thing I'm worried about is that the, the indulgent cut is going to be uh, a parade of new, uh, just a parade of superhero faces yeah. that aren't useful. Right. Sure. To the overall oh, yeah. story. That's the thing I guess I'm worried uh, about. So I guess I share your, I mean, I, your concern. I'm optimistic. I, not expecting to love it by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not a huge fan, but I, I so want to enjoy these characters because I, I, 
think Batman can do some interesting things. I'm loving the Wonder Woman films, and I think there's such potential there that I would like to see some movement towards something that's going to endure and merit, you know, some fandom for it rather than just I, you know, I'm a DC fan, and so I have this, you know, I'm required to go watch these things. I don't have to, but I, I want to give it a chance, and I'm with you. I don't think it's going to fix it totally, but there's, I'm hoping for something. You know, that, that I can walk away with something redeeming of they got this right this time. Okay. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. Yeah. That, that, I, that might be the fair yeah. line, yeah. right? That to, might yeah, be. Yeah. Right. <laughs> this, as long as yeah. it's not total garbage. Right. Right. Yes. Like if there's something in here that's oh, good, that's the yes, red line. Exactly. Yeah. I, 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 I walked away thinking, you know what they need to fix this is to pay Kevin Feige $100 million well, yes. and get him to come write everything <laughs> and fix it for him and create yeah. the universe. Yeah. Because, yeah, I don't, I do not, I've never understood why they didn't just copy the Marvel model. I mean, they, DC has the bigger characters. Mm-hmm. And, and so they can take that same model and copy it and it would work just as well instead of just jumping straight to they had to be a team. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think that was, I think that was rushed. It was rushed and you can feel yeah. it as they're trying to yeah. backfill. Yes. Uh, but I'm excited about it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and continue to be excited about it if for no other reason than they set the bar extraordinarily low exactly. and there's nowhere else I can go. Yeah, so, exactly. No, I'm, 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 I'm watching it. It's a point I'm, of view. Oh, I'm definitely right. watching I'm it. We are going to podcast about it. I think we're going to do a special uh, uh, special event kind of fandom podcast about it. More news about that coming later. Uh, you know, uh, maybe this is a good enough time to think about a segue, and that would be to talk about uh, Black Widow and the HBO Max treatment, Ocean. There is a theory afoot, and hopefully this will actually happen, is that the the Black Widow movie that has been, you know, delayed multiple times, as we all know, because of because uh, of COVID, um, they are still right now trying to delay it again to have it where they're going to release in theaters later. But the problem is that Marvel Phase Four with WandaVision really already started, and the more they delay Black Widow, a story that is set what three two years it's set between Civil War and Infinity War, right? And so you know you have the story set then. So the more time passes, the more that story gets old. And so what they hopefully will do, Disney Plus should do, is release it in theaters and on Disney Plus at the same time. Just get it out and, and, and get it moving, right? Uh, Disney Plus has a couple options. They can do the premium version mm-hmm. that they do, like with Mulan, where they, you know, you, they charge the $15 or so for a month or so, and then after a while it becomes free to those that are already subscribing to Disney Plus. But I think that um, this is really a good opportunity for them to keep that character relevant because the more time passes, the less relevant this story becomes. It's an interesting, it's a good story, and then they can try to recoup some of their money from it. There's, you know, the concern, of course, is that the Marvel properties are so profitable that they may still feel that they're losing money on the transaction if they did this, that they would still make more money by waiting until whenever theater theater going is back to, you know, somewhere near normal. Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a huge mistake not to do that. Uh, I think it's a huge mistake to shelf this movie as long as they have if they want to have any hope for a future of this character, they've got to keep it keep it front of mind and now all we think about is that movie. That and James Bond right. are yeah. the two movies that uh, like represent COVID cinema delays and i'm just i think we need to be done with it i think we need to just accept the model the other i mean look at james bond and and having to go back and do reshoots because the technology is now so old and they need new phones right (laughs) like that's 
that is what we're facing with Black Widow. And that's fantasy technology. And it's going to start feeling dated. You know what I mean? So I, yeah. I think uh, uh, I think they got to get it out the door. Well, I, th- I think the thing is they have to realize they can they can release it in the theater next year. Fans will still show up to see it on the big screen. Yeah. I think in terms of relevance in the story of how they're fitting things together in their what, phase four and, and whatnot, get that get that out there. Get it released so that it's in canon and we have that context of everything because they could, I mean, heck, they could re-release, you know, Thor Ragnarok in theaters when they open up and people will will show up because people will want to be seeing things on the big screen. So I don't think that by releasing it on Disney Plus, even if it's just for a month and a half, uh, like, you know, HBO Max does with these theatrical releases, it's it's here, it's going to be, you know, available for a month or whatever, and we've got the theatrical release. They can delay the theatrical release. People will they'll they'll cash out on that no matter what. But I think the fans deserve to see it. They want to see it, and I think it's important for the relevance of the story that they're building. But but what what would Scorsese do? Well, he doesn't care because it's just an amusement park, right? Martin Marvel Cinematic Universe versus an amusement park. Yeah, I uh, thought he was done, you guys. I thought he was done, but apparently he's back. Uh, yes, he yes he is back uh, now. He is no he has uh, moved his ire away from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, movies that are good, and um, and decided to go to go against uh, streaming services, and that he feels that be, by the algorithm and curation of your favorite streaming service, whatever that may be, is creating a it's a detriment to movies because now instead of them being art they are just and this is in quotes content because <laughs> apparently movies before now did not contain content they only contained art but uh that is what th- that is his opinion now of that and so i think that it to me it's I, i've always found the whole thing with him disingenuous in a sense because you know I mean, yeah he, he made some great movies but you know they're kind of all the same movie and so the fact that he's like <laughs> saying like you know these comic book movies are all the same and everything i'm like i'm like have you seen your catalog it's all the same movie right you know and so uh, so i think that um i obviously i i obviously vehemently disagree with him because i think that the algorithms and the curation model of netflix or disney plus or whatever streaming service is also exposes you to to other movies that you would not be exposed to and also creates a market for the creation of really the, the revitalization recreation of the $50 million movie, right? Which, which was dead. You know, it was, mm-hmm. it needed to be an indie movie that cost $10 million yeah. or needed to be a blockbuster that cost a hundred million dollars, right? Yeah, right? Anything in between that was like, was non-profitable. And these streaming services have brought those back. And those are some really great entertaining stories or the or entertaining content uh to, to watch and i think also it, it adds to the voices of of you know people that can create their stories you know what i love about martin sorcier is he makes me feel young yes <laughs> steve what do you think <laughs> well i read i read the essay because i was like what's he getting at and what's interesting is yeah. that's just the, like this little intro piece into a whole thing on fellini that he goes on at length about which is is great but yeah the 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 beginning and end of this get into this whole streaming thing and, and near the end he says um uh we can't depend on the movie business such as it is to take care of cinema in the movie business which is now the mass visual entertainment business the emphasis is always on the word business and value is always determined by the amount of money to be made from any given property in that sense everything from sunrise to la strada to 2001 is now pretty much wrung dry and ready for the art film swim lane on a streaming platform those of us who know the cinema and its history have to share our love and our knowledge with as many people as possible and we have to make it crystal clear to the current 
legal owners of these films that they amount to much, much more than the mere property to be exploited and then locked away. And see, Ocean, I'm right there with you because this is the thing is if if there is if you're scrolling through Netflix and you're in the sci-fi section and you're some, you know, 18-year-old kid, you're like 2001, what's that? You're likely to click on that and see see what it is what he argues before is he he talks about curation as things like the criterion collection where we've got people that are selecting and sequestering these things off typical kid is not going to subscribe to the criterion channel if we have the you know what he's calling you know the, our great art films sequestered in collections curated collections like criterion collection or movie or these other services they're not out there for the mass audiences and by by putting these films into netflix throwing them in their swim lane of you know whatever content they're more likely to be seen uh you know what i what i think is and i experienced this oh gosh probably 15 years ago, I had a friend that was, you know, just getting into movies and saw, oh, Citizen Kane, one of the greatest movies of all time, watched it and said, eh, what's so great about that movie? You know, so when we take a movie, as he's suggesting and curate it and say, this is great art, and it's separated from the context and when it was released, what was innovative at that time has now become common and it loses that perspective. And we will have people saying, well, that that's just critics saying things are great. And they it creates, a, I think, a disingenuous experience for the viewer versus stumbling across something without those expectations of I'm going to watch a great film that will make a severe impact on me and change my life and just finding it and and discovering it and loving it alongside something that some critics may think is garbage. And for that viewer, they may say, this is something that inspires me to make movies, whether it's considered great film or not. I think this, this idea of curating is, uh, it's, I don't want to use the word elitist, but it is, it's, it's, it's limiting voices. And the great thing about a lot of the streaming platforms is you, you've got a lot of unexpected things alongside one each other. And that creates great opportunities for discovery, which I think is where creativity is going to flourish. I think there's a there's common area between you and Scorsese, Steve. And who knew that that would be the Venn diagram, you <laughs> and Martin Scorsese. But but I think there there really is common ground here, which is I don't I don't necessarily think that that uh, it, it, the problem is it's so easy to put Scorsese in this basket of being OK cinema, you know, right. like, yeah. oh, he's the old he's the old curmudgeon. Right. And he's yelling from the window of the old movie house and and uh, come watch 2001. And and everybody knows where that's going to go. You just it's going to be a nap. So but but Scorsese is, I think, missing that we're in the middle of an evolution right now where we have more access to more great movies than ever before. And there are groups like even us who are helping to curate uh, in the form of lists, in the form of access to, to uh, you know, related films and, and to help commu- our community learn about other new films by, by diving in and watching them. And we are legion. Right. There are so many wonderful film communities out there that are helping to curate and guide and teach. And I don't think that's anything to be afraid of. And I think that's the that's a problem. Every time Scorsese opens his mouth, he's I I feel like he just um, he's he's uh, just it sounds like he's not missing. He's missing the point. I don't think he's missing the point. I think he's struggling to say it clearly Uh, and, and not sound. Uh, you know, confrontational about right. it. 
Oh yeah, I, I you know it, it is what it is. I mean, would would Scorsese make Cube, for example? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that depends. Is it going to star Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci, and are they going to be uh, Irish and or Italian gangsters? <laughs> the Wingtip Mafia. That's right. I would love to see them in uh, Cube. Steve, did you bring me a present? I brought you a very special present. I brought you a belated birthday present. I brought you an international <sighs> present, is what I did. Oh, present of international horror. <laughs> it is a wonderful thing. And now it's... Uh, I, there's not a lot of information about this, but I, I think just to know that this is this is being created, that there is a Japanese remake of Cube out there. So, Coming soon. Since I'm going to then speak up for the audience members that don't know what Cube is, what? I don't know what Cube <gasps> is. What is Cube? What? Like, oh. what is being remade? Okay. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> oh, ocean. Oh, just, oh dear at, sweet at, ocean. At, at, at a high level, I guess. Then, yeah, what's being remade? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, shit. You poor dumb son of a bitch. Okay. <laughs> Cube was a fantastic, like, late night channel scroll horror movie that you come across. It was originally a sci-fi, it was a sci-fi product, independent production, and um, it is about people who wake up, and they wake up in these nine-by-nine cube rooms, and they're all sort of metal grids, and the middle square of each surface of this cube that you're in and it's all it's you know all all sides there's a door so there's you can open this door on in the middle of any side of the room are you with me that you're in you could climb up to I'm the ceiling you. and open the middle square there what you don't know is what happens when you go into when you discover what's on the other side of the door that you're in and it's another cube but in that cube is a horrific surprise in the form of acid or uh, like an acid spray or a laser grid or flamethrowers, something. You might win the lottery and get a horrific death if you enter that room. And slowly but surely, some rooms have no traps at all. Some rooms are really, really bad. Slowly but surely, a number of people come together. They, they find a path through rooms uh, in the cube that don't have horrific deaths at the other end of them. And so you end up with a little team trying to figure out how do we solve the riddle of the cube to figure out what's on the other side. It is a beautifully cerebral horror movie. Steve, did I capture it yes, at all? Yes, you did, exactly. And it's it's one of these, because all the cubes look the same, it's, it's what you love with like a small little scrappy independent film of single set, basically. You light it differently and it's you're in a different room. Uh, so there's... It's it's low budget. This it's a great concept, and it's going to depend on you know how well they execute it. And they pulled it off with this one of just it's as Pete said, it's one of these late night things where you just watch this thing. You're you're sucked in because it's such a great concept, and you don't have a lot of expectations because it's you know it's a simple little you know indie small budget film, but it just excels at what it does it knows what it is and it embraces it and just really does it well they went on from cube and they made cube 2 hypercube and cube 0 and those were not as successful in everything that cube did well um i celebrate all of them because yeah. i you know i love cube so much but uh anyway that's that's cube ocean is mm -hmm. it at the top of your watch list now from what we've said well 
how about this is on the watch list? Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. I'll take yes, it. I thank you for the explanation. And I'll, and I'm going to set aside that um, apparently we define winning the lottery differently um, because you defined <laughs> it as, as a horrific death from, from going into the wrong cube. And so uh, the only thing I do wonder then in the movie, is it possible to go into a bad cube, but then survive it or if, yes. if you go into a bad cube where there's acid you're just so they they, they you know but figure you out you can you know we can you know what is it string together shoelaces and, and swing a shoe into the room and see if it sets okay. off any traps so it's not like right, right, opening right, the door right. is instead that's you can sort of okay. check it out and be like okay All wrong right. way let's back off and let's try to got figure it, things it. out and there's there's math involved there's all the character stuff of who each person is what their background is what type of person there is so you get some character conflict that you know okay. drives the story along as well. So yeah, that's well. You you have me at math. <laughs> I mean, <no. laughs> what what I didn't catch was that in fact there is a teaser trailer and it is exactly what I want out of a Japanese take. On they've just made Cube more complicated and with just like more things that light up and that screams. Fantastic Japanese horror yes. evolution. I can't wait. And I love that they, it's Cube and it's, it's everything I want. Come on. I don't even, I'm out of words. There you go. That's all you need. So, yeah. link in the show notes. Yeah. It's going to be great. You should check it out. And Face Off sequel, not a reboot. <laughs> yes. What? The Face Off yes. sequel is in the works, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. And, uh, uh. I, yes, I am very excited about that. I cannot I wait to see what they're doing with it because so initially the the story out was that it was going to be a remake. And then the uh, producers of the movie said, no, 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 we're making a direct sequel. So now if you have, so Face Off is a, is a 90s action John Woo movie that uh, John Woo directed a movie starring uh, Nicolas Cage and John Travolta and it's Nicolas Cage in full Nicolas Cage. Yes. And, 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 and if you haven't seen the movie, well, we're just not friends. Um, and so but to, to, spoil, to spoil the movie for you, though, at the end, and part of the questions about the sequel is, well, at the end, uh, Nicholas Cage, Castro Troy, dies. So how do you do a direct sequel to this? Like, do you have it where, like, there's some unknown child that comes up and he's going to take the face of the other little kid that was at the end of the <laughs> movie? Or, like, what? Like, how is this all going to work? But And so there's really not much of anything known about it. Other than the announcement that one of the most bonkers action movies that, you, that, I've, that I've ever seen is now going to get a sequel. So I, I, I am looking forward to it. And I, I hope it is as great as whatever the idea is that is in my head. I'm sure that it won't be, it won't be exactly that, but I, I, I hope it's at the, at the minimum, I hope it is as much fun to watch and as entertaining as the first one was. This is just a little bit of a background. Uh, this is from uh, Greg Lawrence at, at Collider, who writes <laughs> <laughs> This fantastic background. Weingarten and Barrett, who are doing the thing, uh, have a lot of genre-shifting wild ride films to their credit, including the horror social comedy You're Next and the What If John Carpenter Directed the Terminator Like a Fish Out of Water High School Comedy Shenanigans of the Guest. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I, I, I love the uh, the last bit. If Weingard really wants his face-off remake to go off without to go off the chain in a way that would honor but expand upon the original, I would humbly suggest he take a cue from his Death Note Netflix adaptation. That movie is not quote good, but it is quote wild. <laughs> so I think that yeah. may give us a hint of where he's going with Face Off too. Faces Oops. off. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I, like I don't remember though. enough about Face Up well, to, to. I know it's something that we talk about around here all the time. I just need to watch you, it again. You, I, I don't remember you enough. You do because oh, I mean you have face. to remember that at a certain point when we have the switch, you now have Nicolas Cage doing basically. He's acting. I don't know. Is he trying to be John Travolta? So he's got, you know, he absolutely they, they've is. got that Cage is doing John Travolta impersonation. impersonation. Yes. Exactly. It's that it, stuff that goes bonkers yes. in this and movie. And John Travolta is doing a Nicolas Cage, Cage impersonation. Yeah. And they're both great at Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're both amazing. So, I mean, you, you have to, it, it's, you know, one of those movies, of course, where you got to suspend quite a bit of reality of the idea of you're going to take the face off of one person and put it on another one. But they uh, switch bodies yeah. and switch lives. And so, and at, at the time, though, John Woo said that he felt that it was some of the greatest acting that he had ever seen um, out of Nick, out of Nick Cage, and specifically because he said he got to be at the same time the uh, villain and, and uh, he was the villain at first, and then he became the sad, tormented <laughs> hero throughout the movie. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. So I don't know how the Oscars <laughs> missed it. I, yeah. Well, actually, I do know because people watched that yes. stuff. Yes. So that's how the Oscars missed it. But yeah, no, it was, it, it, it was just a lot of fun. Another populist quip from Ocean. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'll probably watch it. You want to do trailers? You, do you want to hear about my trailer? Yeah, we uh, you were first, was, right? First, yes. yeah, I'm excited about my trailer. So I knew, I, it, I saw this, and I was okay. like, "Oh, uh, ocean." Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. And and uh, at this point in time in the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, this is when I would normally give you a full description, detailing out the synopsis of the movie that we that you that I pre- uh, presented as a trailer. But in this case, the synopsis doesn't matter. It's F nine. I used to live my life a quarter mile at a time. But things changed. Poor father now. I will always be in your heart. Little Brian, I have a gift for you. Your daddy gave me this. Now I'm gonna give it to you. It's very special. It's for protection from what's coming. No matter how fast you are. To you. No one outruns their past, and mine just caught up to me. Been a long time, don't. It's Fast and the Furious. It's more Vin Diesel, more Michelle Rodriguez, uh, some Charlize Theron, some Helen Mirren. They bring back Tyrese, Ludacris, <laughs> everything. The plot. It doesn't matter because no. the plot really is. I mean, they've added John Cena. So the plot synopsis is that Cypher, whoever that is, enlists the help of Jacob, Dom's younger brother, to take revenge on Dom and his team. And in the only the in something that can only be done in the Fast and Furious universe, that what they did is they said, we need to make a, a little brother character or a big brother, I don't even know if a younger, a younger brother character for uh Dominic, for uh, for Vin Diesel. And instead of using The Rock, which makes at least tangentially some sense, we're going to take someone who looks absolutely nothing like him, but just as muscular, and make it John Cena. John Cena and him are brothers. And when you look at them, clearly you feel they were separated at birth because they look so much alike, right? You know, and so they, they're, it basically, it is the release date of it is May 28th. It is F9. It is going to be the fast cars. It's going to be crazy scenes, crazy stunts. And they are doing enough to, to not only they're doing the thing that I described earlier with 
the brothers, but they are also bringing back Han, yes. a character who died not once, but, but twice <laughs> in twice. the series. Twice. And he is back. Okay. So <laughs> this, he's eating his pistachios yeah, yeah. or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Pistachios hanging yeah. Out. Yes. And so this to me is literally, I'm going to get a, You get a big tub of popcorn and you sit back and watch it and just let the entertainment go. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it it wasn't Tenant that was really defining why movie theaters exist. It was F nine. We all knew it all the time. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> it's all about it's all about the fast cars. All right. Oh, when does uh, so when are we going to get to see F nine and how will we be able to see it? Well, it's supposed to re- it, right now. It's still slated to release in theaters, and so it's supposed to release in theaters on May twenty eighth. Um, I think that is, you know, obviously optimistic. Um, so they may either do a limited release, you know, do it in theaters for a bit, like, you know, similar how Tenet did, and then finally then wait until later bring on demand or, you know, who knows. Yeah. But, you know, with the, with the, you know, with the current environment, you never know how things are going to be May 28th. So they'll figure it out then. But, uh, but yeah, no, looking forward to it. And it's directed again by Justin Lin, who did the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth movies. And so uh, it's, it has a nice good pedigree there. And they are going to be able to use this as the jumping off point to Fast and Furious 10 and F11. So just so just so, oh you, so everybody out there, if you were as concerned as I was, you know, I mean, my anxiety now is down some because I know I have at least three more of these movies to enjoy <laughs> and I cannot wait for any of them. And then there's the spinoffs or whatever, because we already had the Hobbs and, you know, whatever. Shaw, thing. Yeah. So yeah. I know there's yeah. there's plenty of opportunities for this cinematic universe to grow and, and give us more cars and crime. Okay, yeah, it's well, going to be. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to see the, the like, uh, Freaky Friday knockoff with Dom and John Cena. <laughs> like, they said, they switch bodies or something. It's going to be, it's going to be magical. All right. Mine, I, I would not have been the one to, to say, oh, Pete's definitely going to do a Disney trailer, uh, this week, especially with the advent of the Mortal Kombat trailer, which dropped today as we're recording this. But I'm already locked in. And I do kind of want to see what you guys think about this thing. This is another of Disney's live action adaptations. They're giving Cruella DeVille the Joker treatment. Emma Stone uh, is coming back as a young Cruella DeVille, a woman obsessed with furs, especially Dalmatians. She's a young fashion designer uh, in the 1970s London. And uh, she eventually becomes the ruthless and terrifying legend known as Cruella. Uh, comes to us uh, from screenplay by Dana Fox and Tony McNamara. It's directed by Craig Gillespie. Uh, again, Emma Stone, Joel Fry, Paul Walter Hauser, Emily Beecham, Mark Strong, Kirby Howell Baptiste, and Jamie Dimitru. From the very beginning, I realized I saw the world differently than everyone else. That didn't sit well with some people. But I wasn't for everyone. I guess they were always scared that I'd be a psycho. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't say Joker. I would say Harley Quinn. I, def- I thought I think it I definitely agree. had more of a Harley Quinn vibe. And I, my yeah, first thought I was that. they're doing a villain. Oh wait, they already did, did Maleficent, so they they've yep. they sort of set. We're, they're cornering. We the can market. do the villains. We can do the origin story of our villains. And I thought, well, how are they going to take the approach with with Cruella? And it's clearly in this magical. I don't know. 
fantasy land. I mean, it's not as grounded in reality because of what she sets herself on fire and her clothes change and all that. So I, you know, accepting a little bit of we're living in sort of like cartoony land, but it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's something that shows up on Disney plus. I'll probably give it a watch, but it's not something I would rush out to theaters to see because I'm, I know I'm not the target demographic for this, but I'm really interested to see how Disney toes that line of how dark does this get? Because, with Maleficent, it's like, oh, it's a witch, and it's all that. Now you, you're slightly more grounded in reality here with, with dogs, and she's a mean woman or evil or demented or whatever. That can get pretty dark and scary for kids in sort of the Disney you know, world. So I'm curious to see how they balance that out. Are there musical numbers? We know, will we see that? You know, with Emma Stone, is, is this, you know, Cruella La La Land? You know, where do we go with this? <laughs> I, I hope it's a nice, it looked, it looked good to me. I actually hope they do go dark. I, I didn't see if it was rated PG or PG-13. I think it, I'm hoping it's going to be PG-13 so they can get close right up to that line of where they're going to have to say no animals were harmed in the making of this movie. Um, yeah. and, and I like the, even from the trailer, right? I like the idea of that they're, going to try to make her into a fuller character because let's face it she terrified me as a child she terrified most kids when you when you saw when you saw her come out in 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 that movie so i think that um it looked good to me i actually am i actually am i think it is an interesting take on the character i i like the idea of, of that she has more than one trick uh she's not just trying to collect dog fur it seems to be she is trying to be a fashion maven take some, some things over there also i got the impression from the trailer that there's gonna be some bank robberies so then i'm uh looking forward to seeing what, what they're gonna you know what her you know if they're trying to build her like a criminal mastermind in a sense right where the, she's a, a fuller more round character and uh at first i i wasn't 100 percent sure i was going to buy M- emma stone in this role but as the trailer went on i started looking like it was much more entertaining more and more fun and i was just kind of willing to go with it but uh yeah no i'm, I'm looking forward to to seeing this and seeing how um, I, I hope it's as good as the trailer represents the the pedigree isn't bad. I'm going to tell you that the original script was written by Aline Brosh McKenna, who did oh, uh, Devil Devil yeah. Wears Prada, Twenty Seven Dresses, uh, co creator on uh, Crazy Ex Girlfriend, which is super funny, uh, and then it was uh, revised by Kelly Marcel, who is uh, did Saving Mr. Banks and uh, Fifty Shades of Grey and both Venom movies, oh. uh, and so she's she's got a very wide platform uh the creative platform there uh craig gillespie lars and the real girl right fright night uh i Tanya, like yeah. there are things that these people have made that are great that i really enjoy and that makes me exceedingly optimistic about this and glenn close is on a zp so um you know yeah the original cruella is is executive yeah. producing it i'll i'll take that yeah. Uh, so I'm. I think it's. Uh, I'm excited about it. It is. I don't know what I'm going to do because it is also slated for May 28th, and I don't know how to manage the F9 Cruella. <laughs> That's where you just spend there. all. I guess it's a double, double feature. Double feature yeah, Friday, double, right? Double big feature. old ball of popcorn. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yep. Exactly. Yep. All right. Yeah. All right. Steve, what do you got? I got something that. I don't know, seems from a different era because I was it 2019 that here on the next reel we were talking about how like horror was having a, like an, an its heyday of really having some diverse ways of doing horror and reaching into different genres and just really embracing, you know, doing something different. Uh so I'm I'm bringing Lucky which is 
having some fun with the genre because our, our opening scene in the trailer, we've got some woman, she's doing a book sign and she's at home with her husband. And then, you know, she hears something in the middle of the night and she gets up. She's like, honey, I hear something. He's like, oh, yeah, it's that guy that comes every night and tries to kill us. What? We've got sort of a, a Groundhog Day thing going where there is some man that is always trying to kill her and her husband every day. And apparently we uh, are going to learn about what this story is about. If it's uh, something supernatural, is it in her imagination? What's going on? This is... Uh, the summary is a suburban woman fights to be believed as she finds herself stalked by a threatening figure who returns to her house night after night. So looks a lot darker than Happy Death Day. Uh, this is uh, going to be coming exclusively to Shudder March 4th. So that is where and when you'll be able to see it. But this is written by Bria Grant, who is our, our main, you know, uh, survivor in the in the film here and directed by natasha kermani i'm not familiar with either of these uh women but it looks like something different and innovative rather than the the woman just being the, the helpless victim we look like we're maybe turning the tables as they can she continues to take out this guy night after night and trying to figure out why and what is going on Honey, that's the man. He comes every night and tries to kill us. We're we just gonna leave him? Oh, I'm sure he's already gone. You said a man comes into our house every night and tries to kill us. Hey, pull it together. What? I freaking loved this movie. I loved this trailer. I loved it so much. Ocean. <laughs> I, I thought it looked very good. Um, uh, yeah, I thought it was very good, very interesting. I, I I was going back and forth and even things I saw about it, whether or not this was a time loop movie or if it was a sequential night. Um, and so, you know, once I was able to confirm my belief that it was sequential nights, it, it looked really interesting and a really good idea. It, it does have that, you know, you, you almost felt the trailer should have had a record scratch when the husband's like, well, that's the guy that comes to kill us every night. And like, you know, so, yeah. you know, and so, yeah, it, it does look good. And also I too like that, how, um, you know, even when she tries to talk to people outside of the circle of she and her husband, no one even believes that this is happening. And so then they have the, the you know, various scenes of where she's in, you know, you know, either disheveled or with blood or things like that. And, you know, so trying to explain things away. So no, it looks it looks very interesting. It looks really good. I I do look forward to watching this. Well, you'll have to get Shutter to be able to watch it. Get I, your Shutter subscription. I, I look forward to it. I look forward to it being curated as content on my Netflix subscription. In which time I will click on it and watch it. There we go. I look forward to the seven day free trial that I have not yet executed right. for Shutter. <laughs> You want to play a game? Yes, let's. Bring it. I would like to introduce slash reintroduce you to the game I like to call The Diabolical. It's a little uh, mix of uh, Pyramid and Taboo and uh, kind of a mashup of all kinds of movie games that you've played in the past, but never quite like this. Uh, we're going to, uh, last time we played this, I played with uh, Tommy and Ray, where we were in introduced to such characters as Pennywise in Silence of the Lambs, Arnold Schwarzenegger in 1917, Kermit the Frog, or was he Pee Wee Herman in Booksmart? Uh, and tonight I have another set of uh, fantastical combinations to ask of you, 
Round one, get your opponent to guess the movie using a made-up quote from that movie in character, in a character from that movie. So you are improvising the character, a character from that movie. There are two points available. The first point is if you get your partner to guess the movie. The second, if you get them to guess the character. And I am timing it. Now, for listeners at home, the clock, we've got several rounds here, and I just need you to know that I'm going to compress time in the final edit so we don't all have to listen to three hours the of extended, <laughs> extended silences. Uh, and uh, then, so just understand there will be some compressed time. Please don't try to time to check us. Trust me, I've got my timer, and it's going to be great. Are you ready? As ready I'm, as I'm, I'm going to get. Got my Discord open. Right. Okay. Ocean, will you please guess a number between one and ten? Three. The number was three. Ocean. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, that means I've given you the choice. Would you like to go first or would you like to let Steve perform first? Um, I, I, oh, I, 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 I would like to see the, the, the stylings of, of Steve first so, okay. so I can know where the line is that I need to strive towards. <laughs> it's going to be low. It's going to be low. We'll see. Okay. Okay. All right. So, Steve, we shall, we shall begin. Please uh, open up your Discord. I'm sending you the first movie now. The, the password is... <laughs> okay. What? You just need to let me know when you're okay, ready. I've, I've got the first part. Right. Okay. So I just have to be a character from this movie? And Yes, without giving away obvious right, clues, like character names. you have to be a character, make up a quote, get Ocean to guess both of those things. So I have to get, he has to guess the character that I am. The movie. And the, mo and the character. The and, the and then the character. And the character. And the character. And the character, right. Okay. Oh. Ready? Yeah. Okay. And go. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, I like to surf, but I'm also a cop and I'm chasing these guys that are robbing banks. Oh, my knee. I yeah, hurt that's... my knee in college football, so I can't run that fast. Oh, okay. Ah, time now? is up. Ah. Do I guess? What Amazing do I guess? how fast 30 seconds goes, isn't it? Do All I, right. Ocean, do, do you want to give it? Just give it one shot. You can jump in at any time. Okay, so I can guess whenever I want to. Okay, so, yeah. it's, a, it's, oh, yeah. a, okay, so it's Point Break, Johnny Utah. Okay. Oh, excellent. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and give those points. Uh, and... That's a plus. That's a big plus, too. Uh, okay, Ocean. Let's see what we can do here. And inbound. Um, Tell me when you're ready. Okay. Time starts right. now. Yo, I, I can't believe they... I was mind my own business before they came around, and then they they tried to they're trying to take me down, and and they won't leave me alone because I I did what I had to do for for this country, but they but now now they don't hate me now they hate me now they now they coming at me and they're, they're they're taking me but but I, I didn't start this I had to come after they I didn't start it I need I need to defend myself <laughs> time <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that could have honestly like not until i heard you do it did i realize that could be any one of these of his movies <laughs> is the character john rambo 
Yes. Okay. So now which movie is it? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen any of them. I saw first. I see, I've seen First Blood, but that's it. So I don't know which one. That I don't because there's eight of them. Wait, which one is it? Is it is it Rambo? Is it is it just stop talking? Stop, stop talking okay. right there. You stop. said it. It's exactly. fine. You did it. Yeah. <laughs> you're you got it right in your rant. Okay. <laughs> oh, act outstanding. Okay, so that's just a little warm up round. It's just to let you know. Now we we move into the round. I've been waiting for since earlier this afternoon. That is round two. You need to get your opponent to guess the movie using a made-up quote from that movie. But this time, you're doing so as a character impression from a different movie. (laughs) Right. Yes. All right. In this case, I will be sending each of you an instruction, and the instruction will say something like, get Steve to say Midsummer" in the voice of Jimmy Stewart in It's a Wonderful Life. One of my very favorites from last time around. Uh, This time, I have a whole new set of fantastic combinations. I can't wait to see what you make of them. All right. Um, It was a tie last time. Steve, guess a number? Seven. Number was six. You get to choose. Do you want to go first? Or do you want to... Let's see what Notion can bring to this one this time. (laughs) Okay. So, I'm supposed to do a fake quote for the movie you send but as a character in a different movie. movie. Yes. That's right. Correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Got it. This is, this is going to be amazing. Oh. <laughs> okay, but and I'm still doing a fake quote from that movie, right? Yeah, from the first movie. Okay. Get Steve first, to I'm say too, blank. Uh, okay. That's the movie. Got it. But I need to use this other voice. Right. Yes. Okay. As okay. if the other guy was in that movie. Okay. This might, might be one way to think about it. All right. All right. Here, all right. Let me know when you're ready to go. Um, okay. I think I'm ready. All right. Go. When I'm, when I'm sleeping, I'm able to still perceive everything. And even if you kick a chair from underneath me, I would still know what is going on. I would still be sleeping and keep it a mission. Keep it a mission going. Make sure we succeed and get to our objective. <laughs> And I will know when I wake up on my own. I kind of want him to just keep going. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so the movie's Inception. <gasps> okay. That was not even the part that I thought you were going to get. Okay. Oh my goodness! Yes. Outstanding. Then, um, I, that's the part that I I was like, okay, I'm hearing what he's saying. The the character. I have no idea. I I don't. <sighs> I'm I'm horrible with 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 things like that. I don't. I I just want you to know, Ocean, that I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> sure, you know what it is. I'm gonna hear. I'm gonna hear. Yeah, I'm gonna hear it go. Was honestly, was honestly, it's just because we're. No, no, no. We were on the same same wavelength. Like, what was? Can you want to do the original quote? Uh, oh, the original quote from the, that I was that I was doing the yeah. off of. Okay, yeah. No, nothing. Nothing would be over my head. Uh, nothing get over my oh. head. I would catch it. Okay, Drax. Okay. Yes. He would kick a chair out from under me while I'm sleeping. Okay. Uh, All right. So there's a plus one for the first one. Steve. Oh, boy. Here we go. Presented without commentary. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Okay. 
Uh, wow. You ready? <laughs> ready as I'm going to be. And time starts now. Okay, I'm 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 talking to you, farmer, in your farm here, and uh, I see you've got got these these Jews running across. Christoph Waltz. <laughs> you've got these oh. inglorious <laughs> bastards. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Was that right? Yes. And you got that part. Oh my! All right. (laughs) What I feel like that was so fast. Yeah. That do you have a sense of what he was doing? That was there was enough for him to get the character, but he was doing Christoph Waltz. No, no, I wasn't doing Christoph Waltz. I'm horrible with voices, but I was trying to be. I was trying to have a, a okay. deeper, bushier um, voice to say, okay, and I go mining under the field uh, there, and I drink their oil. Right. I, I, <laughs> there I, you go. I, I, I That's the, the one. Okay. It's a bingo! Okay, so then in that case, it's Inglorious Bastards and Daniel Day-Lewis. Yes. So that uh, from There Will Be Blood, yes. right? There, there, will be blood. there Will Be yes, Blood. I don't remember that character's name. Daniel Plainview. Yeah, thank you. Lovely uh, effort on that. All right. Ocean. We're, we've we've moved into a part of the game that we're trying to stretch now. Okay. So I'm very, very excited about this, especially uh, you doing this. What? An actor in oh. his craft. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's not what this is. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? I think so. Yes. Time okay. starts. No. You know, like, when I met him, he was already a... Oh, this is the wrong... Okay. When I met him, he was already a, a leader, and I liked him a bit, but I was still, like, lost in who I was, and then I decided to follow him, and I joined his little team, and then uh, then we were together for a bit, but then I had to go off on to be on my own, but now he's old, and now I gotta take care of him, because he's, like, not gonna make it much longer, but as he gets older, he hurts other people, and it's just... It's it's so it's conflicting to me, and I'd rather be hanging out with somebody else but then i but i'm still attached to him time time (laughs) oh wow what do you make of that (laughs) steve-o i don't know the movie it's all in i'm guessing i i'm sure it is i don't know if i've seen it or because i'm listening for all these things i don't know because then i got hung up on the voice and i'm like is that um is, is this is this the voice of um, Cher from Clueless, Alicia Silverstone's character in Clueless? I realized that's what I was doing as I started talking, but it was too late to change at that point. <laughs> <laughs> that, that wasn't... Uh, or, or it's yeah. Reese yeah, Witherspoon from uh, <laughs> Legally Blonde. Right I after couldn't... the first words came out, I was like, I can't change it now because I, I remember now what her voice was like. And I was like, oh, wrong voice. So, Steve, would it help if, if I said, just imagine what Ocean did, but imagine him doing it in a British accent. Yeah. Does that help? I forgot she was British. Yeah, I forgot she did a British accent. <laughs> British accent? Because I, I, I started, right when I started, I was going like, that's a valley girl. That's not No. Right. <laughs> okay, that was, uh, Ocean, would you like to do the big reveal? Sure. What I was doing was I was trying to get you to uh, say the movie Logan. Um, and I was, uh, I was doing Renee Zellweger from Bridget Jones' Diary. <laughs> <laughs> wow okay yeah so oh it's too good wait, okay. so logan wait 
I was trying to so, describe that he met him early on, and then he would join right. his little team, and then now okay. he's old, and I still have to take care of him because as yes, he's old, okay. he hurts other people. Okay, it, and so I was trying right, to get more see, into Logan. No, 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 yeah. that's totally right because right. you're doing it as a female character. So I'm thinking of some woman that's hooking up with some older guy that she's got to take care of. <laughs> nice. So I'm like, I'm like, what weird like indie drama film is this with like? some like may december romance and he's in a wheelchair and uh, yeah. just nope didn't, so didn't get good. logan out of that one yeah. okay all right uh steve your stretch are you uh, ready no but lose, bring it limber up my friend okay um hmm oh okay you're just making th- with the accents aren't you today that's, sir that's like, why we do this game that's why I don't it's do why that as we well. The game. I don't. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't realize my actor was British. Or the <laughs> <laughs> I thought okay. she was from the valley. She's from the valley. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? Time starts. Just remember, you don't have to get all the points. But if you no, can I land on some of the points. If I can get, if you can get any of the points. Any of the points, if you can get points are fine. The strategy oh. is any points are good points. Are you ready? <sighs> Perfect okay. is the enemy of good, as they say. No, I, I, oh, I know that. In business. <laughs> <laughs> Time. Four is what Time. makes good look like it's great. So here we go. <laughs> See, yeah, you know all of them. Here we go. Time right. starts now. Uh, oh, 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 right. Well, so what we're going to do is we've got, I got this guy and he's in, in chains and, you know, Barney Rubble were in trouble with trying to get him out of slavery on the plantation. And uh, he's going to go in. Django Unchained? No. 12 Years of Slave? Okay. Yes. Yes, 12 you, Years of Slave? It. Django Un- it's Django Unchained. Django, Django Unchained. Unchained. Okay. So Django yeah. Unchained and the... Uh, voice is oh goodness, uh, it's Ocean's Eleven. It's Den. It's oh, what was oh, Basher from Ocean's Eleven. Wow, Basher Tar. Yes, Basher Ocean. from Ocean's wow. Eleven. Nice yeah. work. No, they, uh, it's, it's, it, it was it was Steve who had it's the all right the accent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so let's, let's talk about everybody that made fun of Don Cheadle's perform his accent in Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. That's so right. I thought yeah. you're giving me that to go. Okay, there we go. What do you think? Do you have one more in you, each of you? Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's do All it. Right. I have to let's do try one to redeem more. myself yeah. from putting my last character in the valley. <laughs> All right, Ocean. Okay. I, I Ocean, I tell you, I don't know what I would have done with with the character Bridget Jones either. So you know, hats off. You gave it an effort. I don't know what I would have done. Okay, so it, the first movie mm-hmm. I've not seen. I, I just have okay. a rough idea of what it's about. That's all you need about it. Okay. That's all you need. Okay, we'll just go. We'll just go with this because I only know one thing about this. So, that's okay. I, do you and want to change what the? Because I only know the I do one not. thing about the movie. Okay. I do not okay. want to change it. Okay. Okay. All right. I just I wanted to give you an option. Okay. No, um, I, yeah, I feel very good about this. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Time starts okay. now. Well, and at first, I was just treating them for whatever was wrong with them, but then it turned out they were not. Let's see. Turned out to see with the fish, and I was just so attracted to the fish that I had to be with the fish, but just different than who I'm normally with, but. This one was with the fish. <laughs> is this, I'm 
Okay. This is not Bill Cosby trying to get me to talk about the shape of water, is it? Good enough, man. You don't even need to go for all the points. Do you, do, do you points. want to do a, give us a reveal? Uh, shape yeah, of the so water. That was uh, Shape of Water, and I was doing uh, Mar- Margot Robbie as Holly Quinn in Suicide Squad. <laughs> okay. Take what you can get. Yes. Okay. It's yeah, yeah. You're okay. just mining. You're just mining. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. All so, right. Okay. I'm very bad with accents. <laughs> <laughs> this one goes to Steve. I'm a little concerned about where this one could go. Okay. <sighs> Fortunately, you're lucky that that second one I just saw bits and pieces of recently, so I can think this character's voice yeah no of. i imagine you i imagine you can really get in this character's head <laughs> <laughs> i just don't uh, okay are you ready ah uh, sure time yeah. starts now so yo ama i you know i'm trying to save jazz you know i got this girl that i like and you know i got a i got a special gift that i want to give her but you know trying to save jazz in, in the world because i love jazz so much but you know jazz i singer? also got this special i got this special gift you know that i like to give the ladies okay i got a special gift i like to give the ladies Okay. Oh, dear. Um, I, I, oh, I apologize. Wow. I didn't give you a lot to go on. Okay. So, all right. So the one I, when I, the my guess in the middle, I'm assuming was wrong. What? What did you guess? I didn't. Oh, you didn't hear what I said, Steve? No, no, Sorry, I didn't no, hear Pete, what you said. Because Pete's, no. Pete's supposed I, to be judging. So, okay. So I, I, I didn't hear. Didn't hear what did you say? Okay. Well, I said the jazz singer when he was doing it. Oh, it was not the jazz singer. It was not no. the jazz singer. Okay. Yeah. So then, if he is doing that, then. I'm going to go with the only thing I can think of. I'm going to go with Soul as the movie and that he is uh, John Travolta from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Fascinating. Paul. Do you know what? He could have been doing that. He Saturday wasn't. I could have. But I he, could've, could've, he totally could have. Yeah. Steve, what were you doing? I was trying to get you to say La La Land, where Ryan Gosling is out to save jazz, but I was using the voice of Dirk Diggler from Boogie Nights. <laughs> wow. You know, I did not do Mark so Wahlberg. Good. Very you know good. special gift I want to give the ladies? Mm, <laughs> yeah. Because honestly, at first I thought it was, if you hadn't said jazz, I was like going to go Boogie Nights. And, oh, okay. And that, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Okay. There we that, go. Was that was the awesome. diabolical. Thank yes. you for putting it all out there, craftsman. You <laughs> hey, did you great. Know, that was my favorite part of the day. <laughs> let's do the list. Yes, let's. The list yes, is coming off of uh, what are we even talking about with the list? <laughs> <You're> <laughs> I'm too distracted by dragon. Dirk Diggler. Uh, we we are coming off of uh, <laughs> last so does, week's small friend introductions. This week, living spaces with killer views. That is coming off of Year of the Dragon in our Oliver Stone origin story series. And um, there is, in fact, a magnificent apartment uh, in this movie. I wish the rest of the movie lived up to this apartment. Uh, because it's fantastic. Uh, and it's one of those apartments with an elevator that just opens right in it, and I've wanted one of those since I was a child. So, well, okay. We that's... have a set 
of living spaces with killer views. I believe Ocean. It is you to start. Right now, I'm really wishing I'd have seen that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Are we going to pivot? It's okay. Because you you interpret the the phrase as you wish. Right. I struggled with this a lot. And so, and through conversations with with my wife, wife, one of the first things she said was, hey, maybe it's about with living spaces where it just has a really nice view. Right. And I was like, well, there's no way it's that. Okay, that's just ridiculous. Okay, that's just that's just too straight on the nose. I go, you don't understand how these things work. They're always like there's some hidden meaning and a double entendre and a whole other other stuff like that and everything. So now that you've described the movie that I really wish I'd have seen, um, I went other ways because I, I wasn't can't sure wait how to, to hear how this goes. I wasn't sure how to interpret this. So. Look at it this way, Ocean. No one's going to steal anything from you. <laughs> yeah, so, you can so, run the table. I think I'm good with this here. So I had multiple different ways. And so I will, I'll just tell you each way I was viewing this. And then I will describe what happened. Okay. So one of the first, one of the first interpretations I had was it is a living space where the victim is viewing their killer. <gasps> Ocean. So, what I did is, so that is the theme that I went with. And this is what I will then dis- describe. Um, when you are in a war that is taking place in a city, you can end up in a house. And in the middle of the big battle, you get into a hand-to-hand fight with a member of the enemy. It is pretty even most of the way. And then you bring out your knife to finish him off. But unfortunately, the tables have now been turned and he now has your knife and is on top of you and starting to push it towards your chest. Realizing that you are losing the struggle to keep this from happening, he starts saying some words to you in German that you cannot understand. And as you realize that you are in the strange house, in the strange house, viewing the eyes of your eventual killer, and all you want is for him to tell you what he said means in English. And, and then he plunges the knife into your chest and you die. Now, this disturbing <laughs> moment of cinema for me that was traumatic was the death of Private Mellish in the movie Saving Private Ryan. Yep. It is straight up horrifying. Yes. It, it took me until the, the most... very last second just now to remember what yes, you're talking about. It, it was one Absolutely. of the most horrific deaths. In, in a movie full of lots of deaths, it was the most horrific death I had ever seen because I really identified with that whole when he realized that they, that, that was over. He just wanted to understand yeah. what are the last words I just heard. I really regret not taking it this taking the interpretation of this list your way because now by comparison my list is exceptionally boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a list of of places with killer views. Killer views, not killer views, killer views. Why didn't I do that? Oh god. So dumb. That was great. My first one is um is actually it's just a house and there's kind of a view and a pool. I guess the way I was looking at it was that um, I wanted to make sure that I picked places that exist that are not right. sure actual 
but you can actually go see it. Go to. Right. Yeah. Right. In fact, this one, not only can you go to it, you can buy it. It's up for sale. And it is called the Skyline Residence. It's Jacob's house from Crazy Stupid Love, uh, which is extraordinary. Uh, It is a beautiful place in Los Angeles. It's got some incredible uh, light work. It's got a giant, like, thing on the side of it that is meant to show movies on it like a giant side of the house that you could show movies on it it's 9.95 uh 9.995 million six bedroom seven bath it is available now at 8520 skyline drive in la i highly recommend you go see this house if you can you can pick one up i highly recommend the means if you have the means choice so choice thanks for getting me there steve what do you got you got what do i got yeah so i got i got i got a mess i got because I, I didn't know so i did i did with what ocean did and i was like i can interpret this in a variety of ways but pete i wanted to start with i thought what i assumed was probably the heart of it which was like a killer view like a view that is famous you know something that people would be like yes i, I recognize this okay so that's like I, a totally different interpretation <laughs> Right. It's like, so here's, here's this, you know, where's it, where's a film that's got like an iconic view from, from a scene in the movie. And so the first thing that came to mind, because I, I think I've been there. It was a long, long time ago, but there's this really famous, like really steep, tall staircase. And it's, it's iconic because, um, in the movie, the exorcist, the priest sort of stands there and you've got that shot, but it's also the scene of, uh, going oceans route as well because at the end when the priest jumps out the window and dies it's a killer view it because killer he view. gets killed there so i'm going with the exorcist trying to combine iconic views with killing and views okay i'm feeling i'm feeling better about my about my next pick go ahead <laughs> that was really good ocean here what do you got again <laughs> apparently i was really morbid <laughs> about this so i will Save and now recognizing that I that I don't think anybody else went the weird twisted way I did, and I'm gonna save one my second choice for later. So the other one of the other interpretations I had was combining um, the not only the the way you are the victim is viewing their killer, but uh, viewing their killer in 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 a I guess really with an amazing view. I kind of just doubled doubled up on view, so. Imagine you have um, a child, and you raise this child from uh, from a very young age as your own child. But this child is not biologically yours. And over time, the child starts to exhibit tendencies and behaviors that you don't understand, but know that it must come from their biological lineage. And this child you found in a spaceship. As a baby. And so now this child is, is exhibiting special characteristics and abilities and harming several people. And you want to help this child recover from this and come back to normal and love this child because you are this child's only mother that they've ever known. And then you and the child go out to the barn of your house, look around and embrace. And lo and behold, during this embrace, your child demonstrates that they have the ability to fly. And they take you through the roof of the barn all the way up into the sky. And you're looking around and it is just a magnificent view. And then your child 
drops you. It is a little touch, a touch on the nose for your other show. Yes, this is this is promotion. Brightburn. Yes, this is our product tie-in yeah, segment. Exactly. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, which, if you would like to hear more about this story, <laughs> please uh, to, tune in and subscribe to uh, Silver Linings Podcast, where we will discuss this in depth, that you will know all of the steps of how we got to this point. Absolutely expert segue, Ocean. All right, my second one, I'm going to save my last one, which is, a, I think, fits your thing. I'm going to go with maudlin uh, romance drama because the house is so cool. Uh, this is from, it's from a, uh, I don't know, it's, it's a Nicholas Sparks thing. If I say Nicholas Sparks, are either one of you fans enough of Nicholas Sparks to know what I'm talking about? Haven't seen it. Not the Notebook. (laughs) It's not that I'm not talking about the Notebook. I'm talking about the 2008 movie Richard Gere and Diane Lane, uh, based on the novel Nights in Rodanthe. There is a place on Hatteras Island in Rodanthe. Uh, It's Outer Banks of North Carolina, and it's called the Inn at Rodanthe. It is right on the water, like. At a high tide, the house is underwater. I don't understand it, but it's so cool. It's it's like you take the Weasley house and put it in North Carolina on Hatteras Island, and it is okay. that's what you get nights with Anthony. It's an amazing house. It is a private home. It is not an inn. They just call it the inn at Rodanthe. And it there are people who are rabidly fan of this uh of, of this particular place there are websites dedicated to it it is a very cool location and a super cool home that you can go see in north carolina there you go now mine's out of the way okay what do you got steve so ocean this may be a steal because you, you may have pushed this one off or pete maybe this is a steal for where you were going but so when i thought of living spaces i'm like well it's a space that you can live in it may not be your choice to live in that space, but it's a space that's livable. And it might be a small space, but it's a place you can live and survive in. And particularly when you have lots of monitors so you can see what's going on outside your <laughs> panic room when the killers are trying to come after you. You get your view of the killers in your livable space in your panic room. <laughs> you guys are so much better at this than I am. That was so good. That was great. Uh. Yes, that uh, that did make it on the list of movies I considered, but that was not a steal. But yeah, that, okay. that, that's Yes, that was that was more akin to what I was thinking about when I saw this. So, oh, okay. so it's, it's me. My so my last one. Okay, so my last interpretation of this, which was a, a little bit different, was a living space where a killing is being witnessed or being viewed. A man, wealthy man, has a detached greenhouse on his palatial estate. And he is standing inside of that greenhouse looking out at the peaceful, vast lake that his property is on. And he sees his brother and his friend go out on a boat on the lake to go fishing. They are sitting for a while and nothing is biting. His brother he really wanted to catch some fish, even starts saying some Hail Marys, hoping to get some fish to bite. Then his friend pulls out a gun and shoots his brother in the back of the head. The man in that greenhouse is Michael Corleone, and the brother on the boat is Fredo. So the movie 
The Godfather, part two. It's a steal. I should have done that as the second one. I was trying to make a big reveal in the last bit. And oh, it you were going to go with the same with the lake and 100%. everything? Because it was gorgeous. 100%. Yeah. It yeah, is yeah. a killer view. And yeah, in fact, is. on my list, it's also a place you can go by. It's in the Fleur de Lac Estate, uh, the Godfather State. It's on Lake Tahoe. It's a legit thing. And there are lots of places that look just like it because there, there are about 12 or 15 of those uh, those estates around this in this development on the edge of Lake Tahoe. And you can go get it if you want. Go get it. You got awesome. if you have the means. I, yeah, I, I, I can't believe you went with that. I am excited. Our list had a Venn diagram, and we, <laughs> we, we, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that was amazing. All right. Yes. Uh, so I guess that means is it, it's back to me. Yeah. Ugh. They're just so boring, you guys. Um, all right. The coolest one of all of them that are left is the Wolf of Wall Street house. It is on Long Island, and it's the cool house where they had the big party and there was a lot of yeah, debauchery. Wolf of Wall Street house, yeah, it's fine. It's it's no Godfather estate, but it's fine. It, it's fine. <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street. I got no setup. It's just that kind of yeah, whatever you think of Wolf yeah, of Wall a, Street. It, yeah, whatever it is. It's, cool, it's house. cool house. It's a backup okay. pick. What are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Steve, speaking of cool houses, I mean, if if you're a young, struggling actor in LA, and you're you know you're, you're in your method acting class, and you know, one of the guys in your class is like, you know, hey, I got this friend that's uh, you know, he's out on a trip to Europe, and he needs a house sitter at this really ultra modern cool house in the Hollywood Hills. Why don't you come over there and check it out? It's got a really nice view because if you look through this telescope, we've got a lady that dances in her house right across the way. It's a real great view. You might even say it's a killer view when somebody comes in and kills her and Brian De Palma's body double. Oh, man. Yes. So good. Awesome house. Great view and killing. Uh, Wrap them all up in one. There you go. Oh, that's annoying. That is great. Uh, That is so great. That is a great pick. All right. Well, what are you going to do? I feel totally busted. What a snooze. <laughs> I guess I'll have to redeem myself next week. Did you have any good backups? Anybody have any good backups? Because I clearly didn't. The only other thing that I came up with was because I was thinking of viewing and killing a really obscure movie that you may have missed back in the late 80s. Steve Gutenberg, Bedroom Window. Written directed by Curtis Hansen because no. what he's ha- he's having an affair uh, with some woman and at his place and she's out looking out at the window and sees like a mugging or something but she can't report it because she's not supposed to be there so he says well what if I reported to the police but say I saw it so it becomes a whole Hitchcockian thriller type of thing but it was a view of a killing so killer views that was the only thing or you just go with the blatant James Bond view to a kill a view to a kill yeah Yeah. Yeah. do you have anything else Ocean the the only backup I had was actually now that I've heard Steve describe that as a less interesting version of that which was from bad boys um where the scene when they're in al capone's old house and at the beginning when tia leone is up in the balcony up there yep and she's right. and she's viewing her friend get murdered her get killed right yeah yep. so yeah so it's, it. it's 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 you know but your version yep. your 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 pick was better with that same idea uh let's see i had a star is born the most recent one is 481 cold canyon road in calabasas california okay. very cool house in the woods lots of windows 
uh, Villa Cortana under the Tuscan sun. You can go to Tuscany if you want, hang out at that villa. Um, and then uh, Moonrise Kingdom, the Ten Chimneys Cottage in Wisconsin. Oh, okay. very, yeah. very cool uh, cottage. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, no. I hate, Somebody's I been watching too much HGTV. Somebody's been watching too much picks. HGTV. Yeah. There, <laughs> that's exactly, exactly right. that's what you've been doing. That's exactly it's like, right. Top see? ten homes in movies. One hundred percent. That's what happened to me. Oh, <laughs> terrible! My whole evening is full of regret. Okay, uh, next week we do have Salvador uh, continuing Salvador. in our uh, our exploration of the Oliver Stone origin story. This is Salvador, and um, it's. Have you guys seen Salvador? I saw the trailer and then I watched a few minutes of it. So and then I had then I went <laughs> and bringing endorsements. And what did yes. you think of that? Well, I saw the trailer, and so I therefore I, I honestly I I, I stopped watching because I was like, oh wait, I'm, I was up too late and I need to go to bed. But yeah. I saw the trailer because I wanted to have an idea of kind of what the movie was about, and I thought oh, yes, I can okay. you know, pick something more intelligently, so I can there I can pick a theme from the trailer. It's good. It's going to be good. Well, that that might be all you need. Uh, let me just tell you things you need to know about this. Um, uh, James Woods plays a, a burnt out photojournalist, and he is he's a war zone photographer, and so he's traveled all over the world. This is a true story. It's about uh, Richard Boyle, who uh, and and he goes to El Salvador, and he ends up like being a being right in the middle of things when they just blew up in 1980 and it was it was a serious thing it is a movie where james woods is labeled out loud a progressive and that's <gasps> funny that is a laugh out loud funny line in this movie. Uh, and so that's it. It was written and directed by uh, Oliver Stone. Also stars James Belushi uh, as the crazy sidekick. Uh, and uh, uh, they they literally drive to El Salvador and James Belushi finds a life there. Um let's see. It's a movie where James Wood spends much of the movie uh asking other people for money. Um it he's he needs 50 bucks or 100 bucks so just give me 2000 bucks and a press pass i mean it's that kind of a, it's that kind of a movie it's definitely um a journalist movie like a journalism right. movie I was gonna it would say, be yeah makes sense to do journalism photojournalism because that gives you a broad enough you know how selection would you, how would you say that movies movies about photojournalists oh, but, but, yeah i'd say yeah, keep it to broad to photojournalists yeah is that even too? Yeah, because we don't want journalism. Then you get into just like beat reporters on the street for a newspaper. This is different. So does he right, we'll see if there's anything there. Does he end up yeah. marrying the the woman in the trailer? Oh, it's 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 heartbreaking. Well, the, oh, let me tell you in the me, IMDb plot keywords, we get such great things as uh, panties around ankles, blouse ripping. Uh, so maybe that IMDb, tells you where things are going. IMDb is just stupid broken. No, uh, it's it's a, a uh, sexual assault. Yeah. No, it's also it's also very much an immigration movie. It, it's a yes, movie that okay. deals with the hard issues of immigration, particularly in in a real face slapper at the end uh okay. and so I, I will say uh no richard boyle does not marry uh, okay so they don't they don't, they don't they don't there's no happily ever Do, after there what yeah. about, it is so um, it's definitely immigration it's a border crossing movie like there is there is intensity about crossing the border uh that i think okay. that might yeah. be a theme to explore is, is this um because it's uh, is this i'm trying to remember is this one that has to do with uh, what's the name of the priest, bishop, whatever that was down there? Yes. Did he get assassinated? Um, it is a movie about Archbishop, the assassination of Archbishop Romero. Yep. So, but not 
I mean, is that more like political revolutionary type thing? Because I don't yep. want to get into yep. like assassinations of priests because that's not there's not a whole lot. No, there, but, but I, maybe I do political... think political revolutions are okay. is uh, that's that's viable. But the political revolution is what's happening, right? Yep, that's what he's okay. in the middle of. So yeah. he's in the middle. So he's wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. Yep. Oh. And I'm going to, oh, shall we, do you want to add that to it, Ocean? Political like revolution, so wrong, like, place, yeah, wrong, wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. yeah. So that way you can open it up to yeah. all sorts of different things. Uh, and, then, and I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and lean in on border crossing movies. No, no. I think that's, yeah. yeah. Or, lean in on the border crossings. <laughs> what is it? Uh, prisons you'd never want to be in. <laughs> <laughs> no, isn't that coming I, up later on in the Oliver Stone series with it, Midnight Express? It's, I'm telling you, we've got a lot of fodder in Oliver Stone left to go. So I think that's great. Movies about photojournalists, yeah. political revolution, wrong place, wrong time, and border crossing movies. Uh, that'll be for the crew next week. And who is the crew next week? Oh, it's... That's me. That's right. It's Steve. Steve Sarmento, yeah. Ray Delancey, and Mandy Kaplan. Oh, this will be delightful. This will Fun. be delightful. Do you feel bad about any of these picks, Steve? Do you wait, regret wait, wait. anything that you have inherited for next week? Oh, for the last topic? Yeah. No, no, no. We're all good. Can okay. We, can, yeah. we, all right. can, we, can we tweak the last one? Wait, no. Can wait, it, what, 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 what do you want to do? Can it be harrowing? Stop the steal. Stop like the steal. Either harrowing ocean. border crossing or harrow. Yeah, harrowing oh, okay. border okay. crossing. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Harrowing. So, yeah. I thought harrowing. you wanted heroin. No, not heroin, because then that would be, you know. It'd be more boogie nights and some no no because it's not an it's not an easy border crossing right, right, yeah yeah it's, it's, yes, it's either it's, border it's, or heroin yeah. line cross, uh, yeah like, I guess border yeah. crossing because it can be the border of anything so heroin yeah, right. but we want right. yeah but that is the, that there's some the, yeah. there's some yeah, it's not like the border of my house no you have right. to, it has to be yeah, right scary yeah. yeah okay yeah all right that's good all right uh what do you when's the next uh, what do you got for the next silver linings uh, ocean what's I mean. This monthly thing, I've had enough of it. I want more of you uh, <laughs> as much as I can get you. If you, want, you what do you want what more, do you and Ray have up next? You want more silver lining. So what we have next is uh, a, a story of fathers and sons. Um, we are just <laughs> doing um, we are uh, doing a movie starring Benicio del Toro and Anthony Hopkins, and it is the Wolfman. We are going to discuss on why the remake to 2010's The Wolfman. And we'll discuss why the remake um, it gets a worse rap than it truly deserves. Outstanding. Okay. Steve, what do we have for uh, Trailer Rewind? Is that coming back anytime soon? Yeah, season. Do you have a season, yeah, you have yeah, a season no, coming? No, we we've got it coming up uh, later. I'm gonna we're gonna start uh, goal is to start recording in March and then uh, be blazing straight through. So I've got a I've got a list set that I'll be. I think I've got it in uh, letterbox. So I should make that. I think I can ready to make that public so that people can see the full slate of films that we'll have coming out. Uh, and goal is to just uh, yeah try to get out to a month. So that's where we're going with that. One of my favorite yeah. things was being able to rant on your show anytime. <laughs> and one of, my, one of my second favorite things was listening to Ocean rant on your show. So oh, I, I yes. talk about we a Venn diagram to... right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <that> was... <laughs> yes. right. This has been I, great, yeah, you guys. Really Thank you so much yeah. a, a fine uh, for a fine Saturday matinee. I appreciate hanging out with you both, Ocean. Steve, it's been great. Yeah, stay warm out there, everybody. Thank you for downloading and listening to this show. We appreciate uh, you being a part of it. Everybody who's listening, you want to be a part of the List Challenge, head over to the Show Talk channel in the Dis Next Real Discord community. You can lend your vote to the chaos that is list picking and movie sabotage each week. How do you get to the Show Talk channel? I'm so glad you asked. 
All you have to do is head over to thenextreel.com slash membership and become a supporter of the Next Real family of podcasts. For just a buck a month, you can become a one reeler, join our online community and our Discord server, and that's where you vote. For a few dollars more, you can become a two-reeler and uh, join us for show live streams. You could be watching this nonsense live. Uh, and of course, you get early access to the show in your very own personal podcast feed and get access to the super secret member channels in Discord. Plus, you can now support with a single annual donation donation at either level. And last, Letterboxd, our very special friends at letterboxd.com. They're offering a discount to anyone listening to The Next Reel. Head over to thenextreel.com slash letterboxd. That's letterboxd with no E at the end, XD. And uh, you can upgrade your Letterboxd account to pro or patron for a 20% discount. It also works for renewals. Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you next week right here. Saturday matinee. Hondo. Andy, according to my friend, Internet, this is what Letterboxd is. Letterboxd is a global social network for grassroots film discussion and discovery. Use it as a diary to record and share your opinion about films as you watch them, or just keep track of films you've seen in the past. Showcase your favorites on your profile page. That is a lot. You bet it is. That's why I want you to tell our fair listeners just one thing you do with Letterboxd that has changed the way you watch movies. Let them have it. Okay, are you ready for this? So ready. I love lists. As of today, I have 246 lists in my account. I use them to track the movies I watch, organize them in all sorts of different ways. I track them by hand. I clone lists from other people. I use them to plan what I'm going to be watching. All sorts of things. I just, I love creating lists. It's a fantastic tool. Sexiest animated characters. Andy, what is this? We love Letterboxd. And if you're a movie lover, we are sure you will too. And when you upgrade from the free account, you will remove ads and support the great Kiwi team building this amazing service. Just use the discount code NEXTREEL or visit thenextreel.com slash letterboxd to get 20% off your pro or patron membership. And it works for renewals as well.